Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to really support and resource you towards growth in your life. You can check out our initiatives online at www.geniusproject.co or come and follow us on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily. And if you'd like to see the live recordings of these interviews, you can head on over to The Genius Project YouTube channel. Make sure you click and subscribe on the channel so you can be notified every time a new episode drops. Ladies, on this week's episode of The Genius Podcast, we are continuing our conversation around leadership and how as women we are called to lead in whatever sphere of life we find ourselves in. Joining me on this week's conversation is the wonderful Erin Ingold from Metanoia Catholic. Erin has been a guest on this podcast before. She was also a keynote speaker at our live virtual Catholic Women's Summits and Erin has so many much to share in this space on how we can be renewed by the transformation of our mind, how we as women can step up in this role of leadership, and how this dovetails with our feminine genius. So ladies, I really hope and pray that this conversation is a blessing for you. Well, Erin, welcome back to the Genius Podcast. You've been a guest on the podcast before, but it was such a, a gift to have you previously and so wonderful to have you joining us all the way from Florida today. Thanks so much, Karen. I'm really happy to be back. It's very hot here in Florida. So you were just saying that it's winter. Wow. It's very hot here. Well, it's actually been quite beautiful these last couple of weeks, but today was quite cold. My husband okay. gets up very early. I don't understand what possesses the man, but he wakes up at four to pray and then he rides in, like he goes out cycling and sometimes it's wow. minus eight wow. and he's still out there. So. Oh, good for him. Oh, good for him. <laughs> I just, I've never understood it after 25 years of marriage. I'm like, what makes you tick? <laughs> That is really like anyway, we're one flesh. So he's uh I'm channeling my exercise through him. <laughs> there you go. Oh, but Erin, listen, you're um you and your husband have founded Metanoia Catholic, which is this phenomenal organization which has just gone from strength to strength over the last couple of years. And I think during COVID a couple of years I connected with you. I think you might have reached out because we have this similar heart for that scripture about being renewed by the transformation of your mind. And um, it was just an instant connection. And I found an instant connection with your work. And I went through your Metanoia Catholic training to be a Catholic coach. And and in Australia, we've been able to introduce that to people here. And it's been such a blessing. So firstly, I just really want to thank you for your yes to the Lord, you and Matt, and to the work that you're doing, because it's just been amazing. So would you bring us up to speed on, I guess, from when you first came on the podcast to now, Metanoia is just growing. Share a little bit with us yeah. about that. Oh, thank you, Karen. And and thank you for like just telling people about even like sharing the journal over in Australia. Whenever we get somebody from Australia, I'm like, no, I know Karen Doyle behind that. Some In some way, I know. Okay, so we um, started Metanoia Catholic in 2019. I think you and I connected during COVID, like you were saying, and um, just recently launched our first vacation. So we had already, we were in coaches, but we weren't certifying coaches, which kind of like, I guess, up, up a um, so that that's something this year. We, um, we are currently creating a leadership program um, based off of mindset and unique design. Each person we know shows up differently. There is a mother, as a father, as a formator, as a coach, 
according to their unique design. And then that unique design informs their mindset. And so we kind of teach both, we call those the two lungs of Metanoia Catholic. There's the mindset piece transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, two. And then there's that unique, unique design piece where we're all is unrepeatably, right? We're mm-hmm. unrepeatable and um, just unique and the Lord. And we're all unique expressions of God Christians, right? So we're like those little Christs that were unique expressions of him. Of him. So that is what we are up to now, but it's been hard because it's just <laughs> continue venture. And we just, we just keep to say yes to the Lord. And he has been good to us and it's we're bad. grateful for that. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's fantastic. And I think it really is the missing piece. Like the more I've, you know, been diving into the coaching over the last few years, like there's always been a role, the spiritual direction, and then people seeing psychologists, but there is something about the dimension that coaching brings to the wholeness Mm -hmm. of the person. And that has been truly a revelation. And that women that I've coached and that I've walked pastorally with who have then either been coached by myself or I've referred them on to other people have come away with real transformations, things that they Mm. perhaps weren't Mm -hmm. able to get in a psychologist's office or with spiritual direction. And I think it's not a case of either or. I think the three Mm -hmm. of them can work together and complement each other beautifully to bring about that wholeness and that restoration. And that is the point of of the Christian life and why Christ came to save us and set us free. And obviously we don't reach that perfection, but our whole life is this journey, isn't it? Of, of being conformed mm. more and more into the image of Christ. And coaching is just, gosh, I can't rave about it enough. And and that's why I love your work so much because I really do think that coaching is this missing piece in, in so many people's lives. I agree. It's a missing piece for human form. So I think spiritual direction is spiritual formation and um, therapy and psychology, you know, like the counseling realm is for human formation of a sort of restoration, right? So it's like brain healing. And then there's that gap, like you were saying, there's that almost virtue training. Um, How do we improve our lives? I use the um, analogy of of the physical therapist and the coach. So if there's like an athlete on the field and their leg is broken, they're going to go to the physical therapist until they get better. They're not going to go to the coach and say, put me in coach and coach. But when they're better, they're not going to the physical therapist. They're going to go to the coach. So it's so good and and i think that's it there's certain skills that we haven't necessarily learnt in our life like whether that's through family of origin or trauma or wounds that people have sustained mm-hmm. um or just that our parents may not have been able to teach or impart those sort of skills that we need and there are very specific skills and i think once that's the missing piece that learning those skills of firstly how to train your mind then how to understand your temperament then understanding how that temperament interfaces with your life and your experience um, understanding your gifts and understanding your unique vocation, like you said, your unique motivational design. I think when people get that revelation, it's like, whoa, it's that that beautiful quote from St. Irenaeus, the glory of God is man or woman fully alive. It's like, I know in myself, it's like this explosion inside of, of life and freedom that's sort of stepping through that door into the fullness of who God intended you to be. And, and coaching plays such a beautiful role in that. Wow, it's like so beautifully said. I don't think I can add to that. Thank you. 
Well, I, I, I am a big fan of what you do, Erin. And, and today what I'd love to do is take, I guess, some of that a little bit deeper and a little bit further because we've just finished um, a conversation on last week's episode with Father Chris Ryan. And here in Australia, he runs the Arete Centre, which is a centre for missionary disciples and training missionary disciples. And we talked a little bit, we ended that podcast with talking about leadership, but I'd really love to dive into that area with you today and talk about how as women, we are called to be leaders in our sphere of influence. So that leadership Mm. doesn't necessarily mean leading a big ministry or organization or speaking on a platform or writing books. I think the call on all of our lives is for some form of leadership and particularly (laughs) for women and mums in the home. Sometimes I think we can forget when we're in the rut and the grind of the mundane, just going through the routines that we are actually leaders in our home. And I'd Mm. love you to speak. I know you've done a series recently on leadership, but I'd love to hear your perspective on leadership as a concept. Yeah. So I am a bit of word nerd. I like, I love that. So am I. That's why I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and, and I looked up the etymology of the word lead actually means one who goes first. So it's not like a huge group of people or, um, a huge, like like you're saying, it's just, it's just this willingness to go first, and it's not even a willingness to go first, like be first and you're first to receive, but it's more like this willingness to face vulnerabilities first, this willingness to grow in virtue first, and that is certainly applicable, mother, right? Because it's like how often we feel like we are reacting emotionally to our children, and we're like, wait a second, oh yeah, <laughs> let's turn this around a little bit, right? Like. Who needs to go first? Who needs to kind of be one willing to go first? Um, and so I'm thinking about this. And actually, I was just Lisa Canning. I think she was on your podcast. Yes, she She's a friend of mine. She was in town the other, the other day. And we talked this and I was like, we're talking about leadership. And she's like, let's talk about women in leadership. I'm like, yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of thinking about this, there, there's so Matt and I talk about there's four operating principles of leadership. And these and these are just we have collected, we've seen, we've seen it's like, I guess, um, themes and within other people, you know, like, like John Mell and, you know, Tony Robbins, all, all these people who are like leadership coaches. And we, and we just caught them in together. But then watching those, I'm like, also like, how does this show up in the feminine genius as well? Right? Like, how, how, how would we as women show up, show up in these operating principles? So I took two, pa- I took, I took our operating principles, which are five. And then I took the four aspects of the feminine genius, which is sensitivity, receptivity, generosity, and motherhood. Um, and so the first operating operating principle, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to break down for you, I guess. I'm going to go through each of the operating principles and say how we can show show up in our feminine genes. Is that a, is that okay? Oh, I love that, okay? that. Yeah, that would be okay. fantastic. I love it. And and I don't know if you know, but the feminine genies is very much a passion of mine. Having studied, I specialized in that doing my master's down at the John Paul II Institute here. So no I, yeah, and that's, that's sort of really the play on words with the genius project is the feminine genius and women oh, discovering their unique genius. That makes sense. But that would be so you can fabulous. like can totally speak to this. I would, I would love for you to add in to this. So if anything kind of kind of come bu- bubbles up, add in. Yes, yeah, I will absolutely he, share them with us. Okay, there. number one, the very first operating principle is the vision. Right, every leader has a vision. They have they have something that they're bringing people towards. Problem when in the secular world, secular world, we create this vision ourselves. <clears throat> 
we can become attached to it. And we're not necessarily open to the Lord, to the Lord's vision. Like he is the one who established, he established the vision. And then we are the receivers of that. So there in that um, fem- feminine genius quality of receptivity. So we're receiving this vision from the Lord. And then we are constantly distantly discerning it. So there's sensitivity to the heart, to the interior movements of our heart and saying like, is this where the, the Lord wants to be? So we're, so we're almost like moving to that gift of prophecy and that, and that like we're listening and speaking, listening and speaking, speaking, when speaking very much a funnel of girl of grace, mm. right? Receiving something and then, and then we're just Pulling it out over to everyone. That's the first operating principle. In principle, is doing the vision, and so women can really, really show up and being like, "I'm here to receive this, and I'm here to continue to discern it." I think we do that very naturally. Actually, some would even say better than men do. I'm just saying, mm, <laughs> and receiving this, yeah, yeah. Well, John Paul too. Um, sorry, not John Paul too. Well, he does. He brings this up in Mulios Dignitatum, and he speaks. He really speaks into this that women were some of the first people that Jesus revealed those spiritual truths to because of their receptivity of spirit. To they, they mm-hmm. had they, there was this resonance. There was this resonance of heart and mind. John Paul too said mm-hmm. that women had, and so Jesus specifically chose women to reveal those spiritual truths to first because of that resonance. So it's that ties in very beautifully with what you're saying. That beautiful. See, this is why I'm like, keep, okay, keep adding those little gems in there, Karen. Karen. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> um, this operating principle is owner is owner. So you probably have heard, I mean, somebody heard this out here. Maybe a lot, a lot of your listeners might not have heard of Jocko. You know, he's like, I don't know. He's like a military man. Oh, what okay. branch of military? I, I think it was him. like Navy SEAL. And I have no idea. Um, but um, extreme ownership, you know, like this whole okay. like concept of it, of ownership. And I, I agree with him with him for for the most part. And but also I think there's a part of ownership where where you understand what is yours. And then you also surrender and release what is not yours. And I think this piece is re- really powerful for women to know because because if we get this wrong, then boundaries very very easily kind of go in and take somebody else's stuff from them yes and and even from a really from a really good tension place a beautiful place of love love but take it from them and say like no like no i i got you when really we're we're called to be compassionate compass suffer with suffer along alongside of and, and to say i say i can't from you but i'm here with you and so I think that's really powerful to know that what is ours to own and what is other people's to own and specifically what we teach at metanoia metanoia catholic what is ours to own our own are our thoughts emotions mm-hmm. our act our actions our gifts our gifts our strengths our limitations our, our weaknesses we have to own it all we have to say like, like yep that's mine to own or like, I'm really not good at that. And, and that's, and that's okay because I can call on somebody to come in and help me in this particular area. Mm, I love that. I love that taking ownership. I think so many marriages, I mean, I've seen and research bears this out that during COVID marriages, just divorce rates gone through the roof because Mm. people just sort of, and, and I understand there are circumstances, but it all it brought all of these things to the surface for people. Uh, what I do see in some relationships education that we do is people not owning their stuff. So they're either a victim or they're blaming, um, but not taking responsibility for what they're contributing yes. to a particular relationship or even in the workplace, the situation. And I think the success, I mean, we hear in relationships education, 
what makes a successful marriage, what communication, trust, honesty. I would hands down say the number one key to a successful marriage and relationships in life in general is a receptivity to growth. And that means owning mm. your stuff. And because you can only be responsible for you. I'm teaching my three teenage kids this at the moment when they're irritating each other. I'm like, well, you're not, they, you can't control what they're doing, but you can but, control your response to what they're doing. And I think that's very good point that you make. I'd love you to speak into that a little bit more because it ties into having healthy boundaries. Yes. And I think in our culture, we're not really good at that. And I don't think we're taught that very well growing up. Can you speak mm -hmm. into that area of boundaries and taking responsibility and ownership a little bit more? Yeah, this is actually, this is actually one of my courses to teach on boundaries. And I do it with visual visuals. I wish I had visuals here, but I can kind of paint them yes. with my words, I guess. Um, the easiest way to picture that, I picture two stick fake figures and you are one of those stick stick figures and you have a circle around you of your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, your actions, your, your desires, your, all of that over here. And then there's another person, whoever the person is that may, that maybe you have a time with creating boundaries, or maybe you're always crawling over into their boundaries, boundaries a lot. Um, so that's the other person and they're sticking there in a circle and they have their thoughts, their emotions, their actions and all this stuff. And, and they are two separate circles. Mm. And I always, because I have people, have people come in and they go, should I, should I create a boundary with this person? They tell, they tell, they tell me all the, what they mean is, should I do something that might be possibly change this person's thoughts and mm. emotions and hands? And yeah. I'm like, I think we're getting the wrong, the wrong question. I think go in deeper and say, where are the, the invisible boundary lines and those invisible boundary lines are understanding what is yours to own and what is not your own. And so that is acting from their thoughts, their emotions, which lead to their actions. And we, and we can't go in and change their thoughts. We can't. I mean, I mean, unless we want shares and, you know, tyrants, you know, tyrants in that way, we yeah. could go in and suggest, we could ask, we'd be kind and, and charitable, but we can't be att attached to results. Right. So there's, that so I, I always am like, always am like interior. Let's go a little bit more interior because people be in what we call the A line, the action line. Yes. They always want to be fixing things with their behaviors. And I'm like, no, 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 you need to know what is yours and what is not. So, like, when that person is doing something, you make it your business when you make that mean something about you, mm. right? So, you make it a problem when you make that, that mean something about you. But really, truly, they're doing that thing because of a thought in their mind that they're, choo they're choosing. Yeah. And, and rarely has a lot with you. That's right. Mm -hmm. I think you're right there. And that's a great point that people take that on, don't they? And that's that crossing of boundaries. Can you just um, touch base or give us a very quick overview? I mean, I could do this, but I'd love you to because it's a model that you're using in Metanoia, but mm -hmm. just of the different lines there, because some people listening may not have heard, you know, the lot the episode two years ago when we went and unpacked mm -hmm. this. Yeah, but could yeah, you very sure. quickly talk about that? Because this is this element of managing. It is managing ourselves and owning our stuff through our mind and how we're yes. thinking and how that flows down through our actions. Would you just unpack the model for us? Yeah. So, so, um, so there's outcomestances and, and if, if people are familiar with cognitive behavioral therapy, they'll, they'll, they'll recognize this. Um, so there's, there's outside circumstances and then we have a thought about it. Right. And then at our, at our thought level is power lies. It's, I love that phrase by Viktor Frankl between, between stimulus and reaction therein lies, lies a place. And within that, that space, 
is where our true free lies. We have the stimulus that happens on the outside of us. Then we have a thought about it. It 100% our choice. I'm not saying that to be blaming and that to empower people because when you realize, oh, I have to think this way about anymore, we start creating a lot less unnecessary pain and pain in our lives. Thought about something and and then we we fl- like when 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 it's brought from the unconscious mind to the conscious mind. This is physical. We know that scientifically, there's neuropeptides, it's neurotransmitters, hormones that are released through our body, through our body, and emotions. We have feelings. We feel we feel them in our body, and we have an emotion. And from that emotion, we are inclined, our catechism says this, we are inclined to act or or not to act in reference to something felt um, good or evil, felt or, imag- or imagined to be good or evil. This is in our catechism. So we have these emotions that incline us to act. act. And so really a lot of times when we know that that order of things, that creates a lot of, a lot of freedom too, yeah, to say like, so that side stimulus, which could be somebody else's, right? I have two very different thoughts about that. I could say, don't like me. And that's a problem. It's a problem. I could say, oh, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they're having a bad day. And they both would lead to very different factories of emotions and actions. Mm-hmm. And so, for, so for people to that, that is an option. They could think something that's being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's so powerful. I think that holds such a key to people's personal freedom is understanding that we actually can choose our thoughts. So we can't mm-hmm. choose the circumstances yes. and we can't yes. necessarily choose the feelings, but we can direct our emotions by the thoughts that we're choosing to have. And I think so many people encounter a circumstance and they have a reaction to it. Mm-hmm. But Victor Frankl, that quote you just said, highlights the fact that there's this sacred space between the situation and the emotion. That's our thought life. And if we can choose our thoughts and, and capture the thoughts and be intentional about what we're thinking, then that can change mm-hmm. how we feel and how we're showing up in our life and the outcomes that we're getting. So we often say to people, don't we, that the outcomes you're getting are directly related to the thoughts that you're having. So this is so important when it comes to boundaries and and leadership because we are in control of ourselves. So how are we showing up as women? Um, are we respecting other people's boundaries? Are we honouring our <laughs> own boundaries through the management of our mind, which is, is such an important tool? And you think about it. Okay, so our catechism says this, uh, um, that we, uh, our spiritual powers of our soul are, our 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 internal will. So what we're thinking, what we're choosing, right? We're supposed to think truth. We're supposed to, we're supposed to align to universal objective truth, so that we can choose our greatest good, which is God. Hmm. Ultimately, that's that's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> yes, in theory. <laughs> And right. And you were saying like, you know, we, we are called to control, to control, like the way I look at it is we're not sidestepping the Lord, Lord, we're not getting in front of him, we're not saying like, Lord, I, you know, I'm in control here. I mean, you can, you can do that, right? Obviously there is free will, but that we're saying here, what we're saying here is to, to steward these spiritual powers of your soul better, to be way more intent or intentional of them because we have been given a, tr- a tremendous intellect thing that separates us from the animals. It, like it's our imago day. Like we're in the image of God when we are, we are living according to truth, and we are, we are adhering to that truth in our intellect. Absolutely, and so that freedom great responsibility of will to choose. I think this it's so empowering when you get that revelation that you actually have 
the power to shape your life by through your choices and imposing your will and your intellect over your instincts and your emotions, like it gives you enormous power. And that's, you know, we're called to co-create our lives with the Lord. And we do that through our will, through our intellect and our choices. Yeah. So Erin, tell me, I'd love to dive into this area of leadership a little bit more Mm -hmm. for women, particularly. I mean, you were, you started off with uh, feminine genius and looking at vision. We kind of had a little sideline there. Mm-hmm. Let's come back yeah, to no, that's fine. the other principles that you were talking about because I love that okay. interplay between the feminine genius and leadership. Yeah, certainly when it comes to all, I would say you're really leaning on receptivity there um, and also like like motherhood in that when you, you are owning what you what is yours is you're also back to the, the other person person what is like there's almost like this, this maternal holding space for them um to react like that that's not that's not mine and he, to support you i'm still here i'm still here you so we can do that in a very loving motherly maternal way yeah um the third operating printing principle is influence and i love this one and one and where my word nerd situation came back was like, how is influence different from manipulation? Because mm-hmm. Lord knows, we know that women can go into manipulation pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we all can, we all, yes. all people can. And I think but you're women, right though. Women are particularly pr- vulnerable to that temptation. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, it usually comes from a place of feeling powerless and maybe dominated, you know, maybe there, there's like some type, some type of self-protection and, you know, I, I don't ever, don't ever want to judge people's ends because sometimes we do it on no I know, I know I have done it even unknowingly. And so number one, understanding the difference between influence and manipulation. Influence, if you look it up, the animal that word, it means flowing into, to, which implies self-gift, which, which implies overflow actually. Um, and then mani- manipulation of that word, it means handling, handling with your hand, handling an object with your object with your, now that's great. It's for object, but humans are, are not supposed to be manipulated they're not objects right and so we're not supposed to to manipulate people we're supposed to manipulate objects (laughs) that's a whole manipulation and and that one implies more of a a use of something right it it, it implies almost like a taking like let me let me manipulate objects so that it can work for me versus this this flowing in like pouring into and so even just to create that visual as you're going into discerning oh am i in what we call we have a, a workshop on but what we what we call the zone of or the zone of manipulation of manipulation am i which one of these and how do Sorry, we say say that again erin the the la- there was a bit of a lag the zone of influence and the zone of manipulation yes okay so karen if you could stick with visual that i used before the two two circles yes now we're putting them together and there's there's that that concentric circles now they're like overlap and within that little in that little between there's either either a zone of or zone of manipulation and we get choose which one we're in yeah right so like where we overlap with other people because we do we are social being created us to be that way right to to actually interact with people and so how are we showing up are we showing up and giving giving that person their freedom and flowing into them and giving and seeing like really that gift or are we trying to change them for our use for our need for this use and so there's a couple ways that without women um very very like overtly or covertly show in that manipulation 
and I'm with you if you're interested. <laughs> yes, please. It'd be great because I think, <laughs> I think, I mean, as you're talking now, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm being convicted right now because I have a 14 year old son. And mm-hmm. he, I mean, he's often saying, I know, mum, you've told me, you've told me, I know. And it's this, uh, just as you're speaking, I'm feeling really convicted about, wow, I really need to actually take this to prayer, to pray about how to be a mother to a son because mm-hmm. th- he has a particular need for respect and to have, growing in his agency over his own life. And just yes. then I, I'm, I'm really seeing that as you're speaking, it's like, whoa, okay, I need to really take this to prayer and ask the Lord to really help me. Um, not that I'm manipulating him as such, but there is a, a sense of that control or that manipulation, yeah. getting him, you know, he's a teenage boy, so he's a lot slower. And yeah, he's, yeah. He's thinking things through and he might miss it, but he's a good boy. And I can mm-hmm. see that that's starting to irritate him. So, Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's beautiful self-awareness. And I, I think we all kind of, kind of realize this and this is a daily work. Like, like, I don't think there will ever point as long as we're like on the feet that we may not, not like, I'm thinking unless as if we're complete saints, which praise God, praise God, if you are, that would be amazing. But like, <laughs> I think we're always going to get this. I, I think this is kind of, this is kind of a curse of E too, to just like want yes. to like, take control a little bit, right? Even, even really from a beautiful place. Like it's like, it's never, it's intention that's, that's not terrible, but then also just the way, the way about it. Like, and is it coming from a place of fear and yes. kind of like that, that need to control or even self, self-protect? And it so some of the ways that we, that we show up, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, it's just, it just needs to be, that quality needs to be redeemed often say with the feminine genius, like we have these beautiful qualities for receptivity, generosity, sensitivity, maternity, but there is the the unredeemed side of each of those qualities. So the unredeemed side of that person-centered nature can be control. So it's constantly yes. bringing these beautiful gifts before the Lord and, and asking him to redeem them so that we mm. walk in freedom. Yeah, I think that kind of counter to a lot is, is generosity, actually. actually. It's kind of just, giving the person a person back and like giving them their agency back. And isn't that nice of us, right? Like, I mean, I mean, they already free will, they already have agency, but it's like, like, yeah, I'm just going to get their agency, like, like as if we're God, (laughs) we're the ones who give it to them, but give it to them. But it shows up for for us, us as women is very high expectations, something that we manuals, right? Like having, like having those like high expectations, Mm -hmm. um, nagging, um, guilt yeah, feeling very like, convicted right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> judgment <mama. laughs> yeah aggressive passive, passive aggressive coercion right um, um flattery um um people and even seduction right so like these are the ways that women show up in this kind of like way of trying to coerce and change change like i said i think most of your listeners may may be like maybe like convicted here also are like yeah, I'm doing it from a, a good place, right? Like I'm doing it from this place, place of love. And I mean, the the problem is when we are operating with eating within zone of emulation is it, is it doesn't really work. It just kind of creates more stress and angst on both sides of the aisle. It's not like it for anybody. It's like, you know, you said like you pick on like picking up on these, like up on these, like, like, I mean, really, you know, there's probably yeah. a little space. And then you're like, like, I mean, I mean, why aren't you to me? So everybody's getting angsty through this, right? That's Nobody's right. really being, being helpless. And so t- to move to that of influence, influence, there's their generosity. There is that inflow. There's also that understanding of being like, oh, I'm having a thought 
that that is leading to this behavior of people of people of all of you know all of these ways that we show up in in that subtle form of, of manipulation um that like we need to take ownership of ship of those thoughts so these that ownership piece and the influence piece work so so they are so inner almost like the same lesson but there is a distinction between the two yeah. and so that's how we kind of move to that place so there's that generosity i would say that's how we usually usually overcome it generosity that her maternity that motherhood even just that sensitivity to self and to others oh he's kind of putting distance between me and he and him and maybe i need to kind of exactly wait go take this to prayer prayer yeah yeah and ask the lord to really shape that yeah that's so good so Erin, tell me you talked about vision um mm-hmm. i can't remember the number two what was the number two and then ownership ownership then three was mm-hmm. influence and what was the fourth fourth is um resources Sorry, so this is so this is kind of optimizing resources so it's kind of like like understanding and i love this this first out there right? Like you, if there's mothers out there who are running the home, optimizing resources will save your life, right? So there's this ability, (laughs) right? Exactly. There's this ability to kind of um, optimize your time, time to have it right to like, kind of be like, I'm going to do this while I make a lunch and do this. And, you know, so you're, you're, you're kind of, and you're probably maybe, I don't, I don't know, this might be different for everybody, but maybe you're in charge of the schedule or at least the family, at least the family team, right? So you kind of keep things moving. Um, Other resources in your, in your home, home, so even just kind of opting your budget, like do all Aldi's, I don't know. So over here in, in the States, that's like Rick really in a food. So like going there instead of going to, I don't know, the really fancy, fancy food, food market holding. So like there's different kind of optimizing your raising your resource there. So I think this actually really, really applies to some, anybody who's run, running a household. Um, I also like optimizing the, the idea, optimizing the persons in your, in your home. So it's like, so it's like owning their gifts, their strengths, and really kind of putting them in the right roles yes. that would help them thrive, understanding their motivations and putting them in the, putting them in the right roles that would help thrive. So if you have kids in the home and everybody has chores, just to think about, think about really like to do this and how could I kind of influence and appeal to them and say like, Hey, I'm gonna turn some music on and on and I don't know in the living room or something like that, or something like that because they like me. There's just ways of optim- optimizing the persons in your your home. Well, there is, and and you know what it's like. I mean, you run an organization there, and I run yeah. one here. Yes. Like, if you have staff who are not operating in their gift. Like it's so frustrating as a manager oh. of people. It's frustrating for them. And we're much better helping people discover their gifts, their core strengths. What's their motivational design? Like that baseline design that God's placed within us. Because mm-hmm. when people are matched with their design, with a particular task, that's where they flourish in a whole organization. And, and that can include the family flourishes and hums along really nicely. As you're talking, my youngest daughter, she loves to serve. Like she's in her element if she's serving food and helping and looking after kids. And we hosted a baby shower a few weeks ago and I had so much on my plate, but she made, she's like, oh, can I make the cake? And and I said, we needed some games. She goes, I'll run the games. And praise God, I was so grateful because she 
ran the whole thing. She made this incredible cake. She ran all the games and just got everything organized. Now she's only 12, but it was so good for her, her confidence because it tied into her innate design. So Mm. I think as mums, I I found that to be so helpful actually is understanding. I've spent a bit of time over the years understanding my design and as a mother, understanding my children's design so that firstly, I can interact and communicate with them in a way that's going to lead to fruit and mm-hmm, that they'll be mm-hmm. receptive to, but also to place them in roles, like you're saying, in the family, getting them to do certain tasks. But now that they're teens and it's helping them then understand their design so that they can go out into the workplace and choose careers and choose work that's going to satisfy and fulfill them. So there's that a lot is, to be said for understanding yes. our design. And, and as women, sort of coming back to that idea of women as leaders, like mm-hmm. we can help others in our sphere of influence facilitate that process of self-awareness, self-revelation, can't we? By going first, by yeah. doing it first. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, I, I love that story that you just shared. And I think unique design, unique design needs to be every school. I think kids need to, um, so how beautiful, how beautiful start in the home and parents could like, Hey, I mean, I don't know daughter's name is, but what, oh, what her name? my daughter, Stephanie. Yeah. Hey, Stephanie, we have a party. Guess who gets to be in charge of the games and the cakes? Like that's so beautiful because, because there's a saying when talent meets task, you never work or work a day in life. I love and that. there's such truth. And what a gift we can give to our family. But also if we if we're running a company, right? Like what a gift we can give to our staff. Like, like, hey, are you doing your job? One of my one of my favorite ask the people who um are um our staff is what part of your work feel like play? Mm-hmm. And I always want it to be like really balanced. <laughs> like, yeah. like de- definitely more play that loving it. You know, yes. um, because I know also, so as a business who is trying to run and get and get results and produce results, like I know that I'm, that there's going to be more results, better results coming from that, from that. Yeah, absolutely. And as women, we do well to facilitate that process, don't we? It's, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's leadership. John Maxwell talks about leadership being influence and mm-hmm. And so as women influencing people towards, I guess, growing into their highest, their best self so that they can operate in the world and I guess, lead people to Christ and and lead people to understanding themselves. It's a beautiful gift that we have as women. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And final operating principle principle is producing good results. And, and, and I don't think there's anything more, more motherhood than producing producing good results like fruit right like we are the only beings on the face of the earth who can actually produce a human human in our body obviously by the grace of god and by biological design but we can produce we can produce another person in our body what a privilege And, and so even just this producing good fruit good results and then we're called we're called to form and 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 bring up children. So I think there's nothing more like motherhood than producing good, good fruit, fruits and good fruits right there. Yeah. And that's obviously that biological maternity, like where we actually physically bear children. But, you know, John Paul II talks about how mm-hmm. even women who don't go on to bear biological children, the fact that they are designed in this way predisposes them to seeking that fruitfulness 
in a specific way because they're sensitive to the needs of the human person because of their biological design. So beautiful. I mean, and, and I, I know you know our story, but it took us about seven years to get, to get pregnant. And then, you know, our daughter's five, five, and we haven't been since either. So I can really relate to that and having that ache to be um, a biological mother, but then also feeling that extraordinary call to accommodate others, right? Kind of into my home home, my home into my womb, but to be that spiritual mother that so many people need. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And look at Metanoia Catholic, like you're spiritually mothering and fathering hundreds, thousands of people through your work. And sometimes God has different plans. I know Jonathan and I had a similar journey. We had a journey of six years of infertility um, when we were married. And during that time, like it was such an ache. I do remember that. And Choices Media is our company that deals with, you know, we do a lot of sexuality formation. And that was born during that season of infertility. Mm. And I, I see now like there was fruitfulness in that season as totally. well. It was a different kind of fruitfulness to what I had desired. And then obviously God blessed us with three children in three mm. years we said to the sisters of life, okay, please stop praying. Yeah, <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> but, we're you good. Know, that fruitfulness, we have to really bring those desires, I think, before the Lord and then ask mm -hmm. him. And, and when his spirit does come into those areas, there is that fruitfulness. It might be mm -hmm. in a different way to what we expect or that we desire. But when we're really truly surrendered to the Lord, we have to trust in his plan and his providence, don't we? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about the Annunciation mm -hmm. and, and the angel Gabriel, Gabriel coming to the brother and and just adding her and and her saying, yeah, I often think about, and I'm reflecting on that when, when I'm praying the rosary, I often think about how maybe it's not, it's not biological. There is some kind of fruit that the, that the Lord is asking for us. And like you were saying earlier, Karen, you know, women, women have that, have that res it resonates more with them because, because of that natural activity. And so, and so adaptive to the Holy Spirit, to the fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, like there's new life will come from this no matter what new life will come if you sit and you're open and you receive him yeah amen beautiful Erin tell me some other thoughts on leadership and, and women as leaders um beyond the home how yeah, can yeah. you really step into I guess that call of leadership I mean of course my mind is going to the blessed mother like like who who is like the better the like, I mean, she is yeah. the best model of leadership. She is the most perfect human that was ever created or created. And it's like, okay, so that's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to follow her when I'm sitting here and trying to, trying to lead and then lead my daughter, right? Lead a family. I'm not leading, leading my family. I submit to God, to math, to God and membership uh, comes there. There comes a moment when I am kind of living gift and I know if I'm receiving receiving from the Lord from the Holy Spirit because it continues back and I will share it with Matt and he receives it beautifully and there is like this exchange that happens happens there but going back to the back to the bless I think for for me it's kind of a little bit but it's like like what what would she do? What would she do in this moment? Um, if I'm ever faced with something where it's like, I need to make a decision quick and quickly, or I need to influence people or, you know, you know, move from that place of manipulation to influence, or I need, I need to own something. What would the best mother do? Um, and it really, really, she, she it owes me back to prayer. 
fair, yeah. you know, cause she knew everything in her heart and she was always, she was always, I mean, so close to the Lord. So yeah. yeah beautiful. And I love that and that you pick up on that because John Paul II talks about her being the perfect exemplar for us <laughs> of being a disciple of Christ, but being a woman. And I think that idea of leadership as service as well, that leadership mm. is is not about dominating and controlling, but we look at the Blessed Mother and, and Christ himself, like he sought to serve with his leadership. That's what true leadership is, isn't it? Yes. It's that service coming alongside a person. How can I lead you to Christ? How can I lead you to your best and highest self? How can I lead you along in your journey mm. and mm. formation? Yeah, I mean, I think of like, all of the cares, the cares as the gifts. And, and I think they could all be leaders in, in like their, like their own, right. Right. Like you're talking about service and, and even just kind of this, kind of this idea of, of blazing a trail, like pioneering, like there, there's that, that need of, there's that, that fortitude that needed, there's that courage, courage to kind of do something nobody's ever done before, before. Um, but I, I really think there's really think there's just suchness in women, um, specifically when it comes to to maternity and motherhood. And like we were saying, even even if your biological spiritual motherhood, there's there's that sense that you will fight for the people and be like, no, like no, I'm willing because I want I want to be able to show this is possible and and, yeah. and re- lean on the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Amen. So good, Erin. Thank you so much. It's just such good content. And I really want to encourage people to go and check out everything that you have on offer at Metanoia Catholic. Can you share a little bit just about your academy and and what is available for everyday Catholic women, like people who don't necessarily want to become a coach, but just Mm -hmm. that they can tap in and and discover some great resources to help them in their human formation and to flourish in life. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It is. So it's a monthly subscription um, and it's an online community, a wonderful community where you can receive coaching, you can receive group coaching, one-on-one coaching, but also monthly we, um, we take people through workshops and kind of the theme month this this month this month we're talking about avoid being brainwashed. Ah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's really just teaching people the art or the skill of critical thinking. But I mean, really, we need this just today. Oh, Let's be yeah. honest. So, how to avoid being avoid being brainwashed this month? But this month it was like how to have difficult have difficult conversations. So it's it ranges from relationships, emotions to thoughts to believe all that stuff. Um. um so you can definitely go check out, check us out. That's catholic.com and check out the Academy. And also if you just want a, re- a free option, we have the Catholic coaching podcast. And right now we're going through this leadership series. So if you want to go deeper on some of these topics, we are actually going through each one of these topics through the lens of the four temperaments. And yeah, since like women are both men and women are both are all the temperaments, like we can kind of relate to these to these to um to maybe where where we fall in that temperament. And we have a free temperaments test. So you can take that. So that's about 10 minutes long. So if you don't know what your temperament temperament is and go take that. And all of that is is provided for you on Catholic Coaching website. Well, I really want to encourage people to do that because I know in my own marriage and life that has been a a deal breaker. Like it's been so good. When we first started our Mm -hmm. business 20 years ago, Jonathan and I would go in, we'd be doing meetings and sales pitches and I'd be so irritated with the way he did it. And he'd be really (laughs) irritated with the way I did it. And we came across Kevin Lehman's book, The Birth Order. And we realized we were Mm. like at this point of like conflict because I'm an eldest child and essentially he was a youngest child. And then he had another, Mm. his mom had a 
another boy 12 years after him, but he was essentially the youngest. And we were operating it from that point of view. And there's all this research around birth order and how you relate to life. And then after that, we went into the temperaments. It was like, ah, that's why we're we're hitting heads because we don't understand each other. We're not actually allowing this person or that person to work in their strength. When we got a revelation of that, we were able to get that humming and I was able to handle an area. He was able to handle an area and it was just, it was fantastic. So I really want to encourage people to do that work and to head on over to Metanoia Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Like complete opposite temperaments. Us. Are you guys completely. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah we really do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so are Matt and I. And when we teach together, we would always fight. And it was like, we didn't even do the te- do the temperaments yet. We were just like, hey, you take this spot and I'll take this, take this spot. But then the temperaments came in. And it's like, um, that's changed everything. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Ground, it was amazing. So good. Yes. Erin, thanks so much for your time. It's so lovely to have you joining us. And, and just what you've shared is just so insightful and I think really helpful for women. So thanks once again and bless all that you and Matt are doing at Metanoia. Oh, thank you so much. And you too. I mean, I just love it. Love everything that you and just keep doing everyone. I, I wish everyone who is give you a big round of applause because you just you just keep blazing the trail. You going through mm-hmm. and I love it, Karen. Keep it up. Well, thank you. Well, we'll, we'll trade prayers for one another because it's um it's sometimes lonely territory doing this and it's so much it's very much needed in this world today. So we'll just pray for each other and continue that journey. Well, ladies, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Erin and myself. If you'd like to find out more about Metanoia Catholic, you can find the link in the show notes below. And if you'd like to go further with Catholic coaching, then you can send me a message, karen at geniusproject.co, and I can share a little bit about our Catholic coaching programs that we have for women here at the Genius Project. I have been through the Metanoia training to be a professionally trained Catholic coach. And so we do offer that service for women coming through the Genius Project it would be a great honor to serve you in this capacity. So head on over to our website, www.geniusproject.co, or you can send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co. I'd also be so grateful if you could head on over to the podcast platform that you're listening to this podcast on and just give the podcast episode a like or a review. This really helps to support the work here at The Genius Project, and I would be so grateful for your support. Until next week, ladies, have a beautiful week. God bless you, and I look forward to you joining us again on The Genius Podcast next week.